What does it mean to be an equestrian? It's more than just being a fan of horses. It's the riders, coaches, owners, barn staff, grooms, and other support staff. But it's also the people, family, and friends who make up the whole equestrian team. And this podcast is for all of you. I am so excited to be here with you as we explore life in and outside of the show ring. I'm Tracy Mitchell, and I'm here to help you hit your stride. Hi, everybody. Welcome, and I am so happy to have you back for another episode of Hitting Your Stride. Today, it's just you and me. I wanted to touch on some things that most of you will want to hear, given that the show season is fast approaching. Here we are on the threshold of a brand new show season, and I don't think there has ever been another year of horse showing that has ever been so anticipated with huge excitement. Everyone I am talking to can't wait to get back to the horse shows, get back into the ring, and see people they haven't seen in a long time. With that can come some pressures of how to handle what is ahead. It doesn't matter what discipline you are showing or what level you are showing at, there just might be a little bit of added pressure this year. We are all so anxiously awaiting that time when things will start to feel normal again. And perhaps this upcoming season represents not only what we once had, but also a fresh start after the past year of basically laying low and practicing everything foundational at home. So let's welcome the 2021 show season and take some time to talk about three things that I would like to bring to the forefront that will hopefully help all of you out in achieving your aspirations this year. All right, let's settle in and peel back some layers, understanding that this might require getting real about some things that you may or may not be doing to help you achieve your goals. So let's start off with commitment. I have been in the horse industry for a long time, and over the past 22 years especially, I have witnessed a lot of riders at all levels working to attain goals, some riders with more commitment and hard work than others. What is your commitment level? If you have a goal, what are you prepared to do to achieve it? Because I have news for you. It isn't going to happen on its own. And wherever you are on the scale of experience, it requires huge commitment and discipline to achieve what you want. Let me drop these three questions for you. What do you want? When do you want it? What do you have to do to get there? This is where your plan starts. No matter what discipline you compete in, and again, no matter what the level, because it's all relevant, there has to be some level of quote unquote obsession and focus to be successful. Does your mindset match the end results you want? If you wanna be good, let alone great at what you do, you have to be willing to put in time and be obsessive about it. You have to not only be willing to put in the time, but also block out the hours in your schedule to commit to getting better at your craft. Here's the kicker. I can hear some of you right now, but Tracy, I can't ride my horse five hours a day. My response to that is I completely agree. However, I bet there is a lot more you can be doing to better your half of the partnership that would bring you and your horse both closer to success. The reality is most people don't really work that hard at being great. Let that sink in. Let's face it, 
It is hard work and requires experiencing discomfort, which can include the physical as you get yourself more fit for the task or mentally, emotionally, as you prepare your mindset for the task. In the equestrian world, if the human part of the team were better mentally and physically prepared, a lot of stress would be removed off of their horses. So let's get prepared. The thing I hear most when I start working with a new coaching client is that they don't have the time to fit everything in that they have to do in a day, let alone start to add in more requirements, even though it may get them closer to their goals. So yes, there is a bit of a reality check at the beginning of this journey and moments that require, require you to get really real and honest with yourself. Stop talking about how you don't have the time. The bottom line is the reason you don't have the time is because you're not truly committed. When you are committed to your vision, you create the time. There are so many time management tips and methods to offer here, but I'm going to give you a couple of approaches to mull over. First suggestion is to structure your day more. The more structure you have, the more freedom you have. Yep, that is the way it works. Have you ever deconstructed your day and taken a look at how much time is actually wasted because it has no structure? So let's go back to what I just said a bit earlier about working with my clients on time management. And they seem to think that I am asking them to do more in a day that they call already jam-packed. First off, I am not asking them to do anything. I am only making suggestions that will help them get closer to achieving their best lives and their goals. It is completely up to my clients if they want to take part and follow through on this journey. And I am asking that I'm guessing that they do, sorry, or else they wouldn't have searched out a life coach. So once they realize that making different choices and taking different approaches to their day actually gives them more time, they are more than happy to add some structure to their days. Okay, so if you were to deconstruct your day, what would it look like? How much time gets wasted? And more importantly, where does it get wasted? Sit down and really look at your days and weeks. If you are able to pinpoint those time vampires and energy suckers, then you are getting so close to opening up that much time for you and what you want to do and need to do for yourself. Create your own personal set of philosophies or a code that is specific to you. These are a framework of rules that you follow that are for your benefit. For example, one might be you do not stay out late the night before an early morning class. Say no to peer pressure and take actions that are aligned with your vision. The next thing we can touch on is the time you get up in the morning. Now, being a horse person myself, and I know a lot of horse people, I am well aware of just how early at times you are required to get out of bed in the morning, especially for horse shows. So I guess the question is, how early do you get out of bed when you are not required to? I get it. Who doesn't enjoy the odd sleep in? And one that might even especially be well-deserved. But if you are making the choice to sleep in more mornings than not, then you are doing a complete disservice to yourself and all that you want to achieve. We, we've all heard those people that claim that they are not a morning person. And okay, I will fess up. 
I am a morning person, but that does not make what I'm about to say any less pertinent. Why would you not be a morning person when the whole goal is to wake up every morning? Might I suggest that your mornings start off bad because you've claimed that you are not a morning person? Change your outlook, change your life. Being a morning person can change the trajectory of your goals and everything you want to accomplish. For me, my alarm is set at 6 a.m. seven days a week. But if I naturally wake up at 5.45, 5.30, or even 5 a.m., I will just get up and get my day going. I mean, to look at both sides of the coin, I should also be addressing what time is good to go to bed and ultimately just how important sleep is for our everyday function, let alone when we are working towards goals that require us to be at our best mentally and physically. Let's just focus on one thing at a time, and that is finding you at least two more hours to your day that allows you for success in goal achievement and productivity. Now, I'm not going to suggest those that have a hard time getting out of bed to set the alarm for 5 a.m. That is a recipe for automatic failure. This calls for baby steps. If you are one who stays asleep until 8 a.m., try setting your alarm for 7.45 for the next week. For the week after that, set the alarm for 7.30. See where I'm going with all this? Keep rolling your alarm back in 15-minute segments and find the time that works for you, that gives you more time in your day. I read a number of years ago that the most successful, productive, and happy people get up at 4 a.m. and go to bed at 8 p.m. Now, even I would find that challenging, but all I am suggesting is that you stretch your parameters enough so that you will feel better about what you can accomplish and optimize your day and where you will start to see the fruits of your efforts. The second thing I wanted to touch upon are those things called expectations. The definition of expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. I think I might start off here by suggesting that having expectations that are anything more than I will attend this horse show with the expectation that I will learn something new and have fun can cause more harm than good, especially when your partner has a mind of their own. Nothing is guaranteed. Expectations often lead to perfectionism, which is based out of the fear of not being good enough. This is a loaded combination to the point that when things don't go as you expected them to, the results can devour your confidence. Athletes who maintain very high expectations or high demands on themselves easily lose their confidence when they don't perform up to these expectations. Having such strict expectations leads to judgmental thinking and self-doubt. This leads to frustration and a loss of focus. The decrease in confidence combined with frustration and loss of focus ultimately affects a rider's flow state. I love this concept. Flow state is a state of mind, and it is most likely to occur when the skills of the horse and rider combination are perfectly matched up to the challenge at hand. So when your flow state has been disrupted, it is when this completely changes a rider's mental approach to the task at hand. And this is definitely a topic I will discuss in future episodes. Instead of placing expectations on yourself, Let's reframe this concept into something that is rider friendly and that allows you to grow from the experience and enjoy the process. That's why we're all doing this. 
So have you ever asked yourself what, if any expectations you place on yourself? Identifying the expectations are key if you're going to adjust your approach. So here's the plan. Identify what expectations get in the way of your success. Next, throw them away. <laughs> Stop demanding you must reach them. Replace them with more manageable goals or objectives. Let's call these mini goals. Picture it like this. Having expectations is like looking at this massive picture with every element of it filled in and completed with no room for anything else. It is done and set with no room for adjustment or good old fashioned error. This sounds pretty restricting, doesn't it? Think of having mini goals as something that is a smaller part of this massive picture that does allow for different approaches and ideas to be put into practice. For example, if you play hockey, instead of playing with the expectation of getting the most assists in the game, focus on seeing the open players for the pass. For tennis, instead of playing with the expectation of winning every game set match, Play with the mini goal of focusing on trusting your backhand strokes. And for riding, pick one thing within your ride while you are in that ring that you can focus on that will make certain you are present and in the moment instead of fixating on the final results. Whatever your mini goal is, keep it simple so as to not overcomplicate your ride. Success, Accomplishments and growth do not come without a certain level of stress or pressure attached to this. This I am all sure we can agree upon. Let's make sure we set ourselves up with the greatest chance for success, finding that flow state, all the while enjoying what we are doing and learning more about ourselves and our sport while we are doing it. All right, so far we have discussed commitment to the craft, and how to start getting a handle on those pesky expectations. Let's wrap this up with talking about mindset. When it comes to success, 80% is mindset, 20% is mechanics. That's right, what goes on in between your ears during competition has a much greater impact on your success than does the actual mechanics of the activity. There are two types of mindset. First, there is a fixed mindset. This is described in people who believe that their qualities, traits, and talents cannot be changed. They believe that they are either good or bad at something and do not spend much time, if any, developing what talents they have. Secondly, we have the growth mindset. People who have a growth mindset believe that through hard work and dedication, they can develop their abilities. They have a love of learning, resilience, and they persistently work towards their goals. Now, there is something called next level mindset or elite level mindset. I won't get into those here, but just imagine everything involved in the growth mindset on steroids. <laughs> now, mindset is everything. How would you describe your mindset? Would you say you have a mindset that is fixed or one that is set for growth? How you view the world around you, let alone your sport, will tell you what kind of mindset you have. Mindset is the intangible X factor that can strongly determine your competitive success or failure. How do you mentally prepare yourself for not just competition, but the daily rides as well? Achieving a mindset that helps you become successful in any sport 
is something that needs to be practiced every day. Mindset and confidence go hand in hand. How you talk to yourself when you are not just in the saddle, but out of it as well, will dictate where your mind is at when it comes down to riding into the ring on competition day. Personally, I think I've always had a growth mindset. I always step up to meet a challenge and willing to learn and to test myself. There have been a few times in life where these challenges may have scared me a little bit. For example, like getting on a new horse for the first time or riding my motorcycle on a 400 series for the first time. Recently, in around COVID shutdowns, I have got myself back to the gym. Okay, so a few years older and a couple of car accidents later, I am making the commitment to get my strength and endurance not only back to where it was six years ago, but even better. Yeah, and I know it's going to hurt, <laughs> and I am definitely going to be challenging myself. But the one thing I am focusing on is what it is going to feel like mentally and emotionally when I surpass my personal best deadlift. It is going, it's that feeling that makes me feel like I can just take on anything. Let's look a little bit deeper into certain qualities and mental skills that athletes have that help support and further develop a growth mindset. All right, so the first big one is attitude. They hold a predominantly positive outlook on life and they view their sport as an opportunity to compete against themselves and learn from the successes and failures. They pursue excellence, not perfection. Then there's motivation. A growth mindset athletes are able to persist through the challenging tasks and difficult times and realize that many of the benefits they are receiving from these activities come from their input into them, not just the final outcome or results. These successful athletes, they also have goals and they commit to them. They set long-term and short-term goals that are realistic, measurable, and that are time-oriented. They commit to growing their current level of performance through carrying out the necessary tasks and daily demands of training. And next, successful athletes are able to communicate their feelings in a way that helps them deal with the pressures of performance. And on the flip side of that, they possess a positive self-talk that helps to set their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors during a competition. All right, this one is a biggie. And even for some more seasoned riders, and that is dealing with anxiety. Successful athletes that have a good growth mindset understand, and this is the key, accept that some anxiety is just a part of sport. I'm sure we've all been there. And we know what that feels like in that moment where you feel the anxiety build. Understand that this is a natural part of sport. I tell my clients who may be dealing with this, that this is where we can reframe how you deal with it and look at anxiety by helping them to see that to some degree, the cortisol and adrenaline coursing through their veins can help them with their performance. The key is to control the anxiety without losing their intensity during competition. Lastly, growth mindset athletes know how to manage their emotions. Successful athletes, again, accept that strong emotions such as excitement, anger, and disappointment as a part of the sport experience. They are able to learn from experience and use those emotions to improve themselves while working towards the next level of performance. Now, here is where 
I feel I must share a little side note of almost stating the obvious and where I would like to say to each and every one of you, all of you make the choice every day to be around, handle, and in most cases, voluntarily throw your leg over an animal who not only has a mind of its own, but is also powerful and hardwired to run away at the fastest of speeds when something scares it. Right here, I must say that all of you have a growth mindset and are as gritty as all get out. So maybe to reinforce your mindset, you focus in on the areas I just went over. Take a look at attitude, motivation, self-talk, managing emotions, and strengthen the effect your mindset has on your performance. Take the time once in a while to really appreciate just how capable you are and how much you have accomplished in this sport. It takes a lot of grit and mental fortitude to partner up with horses. And honestly, I don't think equestrians get enough credit for everything involved. Don't let those little underlying fears or feelings of uncertainty hold you back from accomplishing what you want to accomplish this show season. Do push yourself, perhaps ask a little more discipline and focus of yourself. Don't let perfectionism stop you from growing and experiencing every little up and down. And remember this, the world favors the bold, not the perfect. One thing I will say for sure is that equestrians, no matter what the discipline, and I'm talking about not only those equestrians who actually get on a horse, but also those people who sit on a two-wheeled race bike behind a jogging or racing standard bread, or those horsemen and horsewomen who guide a two, four, six, eight horse draft team around an arena. Every horse person I know has grit and a mindset that your average non-horse person could probably never understand. So with a full heart, I suggest for all of you listening, give yourself a big pat on the back because you follow your passion every day and choose to partner up with a horse. So until next time, have fun and good luck this season. So there you have it. For future episodes, I have some amazing interviews lined up, hoping to open and engage the horse world on issues and topics of interest in and out of the show ring. So until next time, keep your eyes forward and continue to hit your stride. You can subscribe to the podcast for new episodes of Hitting Your Stride on my website or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can check me out on Facebook and Instagram and feel free to share whatever you've heard here with your friends. For that, I would be very grateful.